Hello and welcome back to Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets. I am your host, DJ Mitchell, here to go over Friday's five fun games of NHL hockey. Um, it's an interesting one. I, I think that there's a few games that I'm kind of staying away from on purpose, and there's a few games that I think are kind of interesting. Um, we don't quite have the DraftKings slate up for tomorrow yet for DFS, so I'll give overarching thoughts on what I might be doing, but I'm not going to uh, probably have too much to say quite yet on the specifics kind of assuming pricing at this point. And I think I'm okay at that because I do it every single day, but we're going to get into the five games of action. Um, rate, subscribe, uh, write a review. I don't know, do all that fun stuff. Um, and check out my Twitter at DJ underscore Mitchell 94, uh, doing a ton of, uh, all my bets are just there. I, if you want my bets, uh, I put them there and make it easier for you. Um, but keep listening and watching nevertheless. Uh, and other than that, underdog fantasy, Promo code MSB, MSP, as in Paul, my Morning Skate podcast. If you want to sign up and do some best ball drafts, I've gone over this in the past videos. If you don't care about it, okay. If you want to try something fun and new, go for it. Uh, NHL playoffs are the best time of the year, so why not have a little bit more fun and action in on it? So without further ado, let's get to the slate at hand. Our first game on the docket is the Islanders against a home back-to-back -back Carolina team. I mean, this kind of screams five and a half, like right on the, um, you know, over the last 10 for all strengths considered. I normally just do all strengths, by the way, when I do these stats, uh, the Islanders have had the second lowest C4 only to Arizona. Um, so they're not really an NHL team. So we'll just say they've had the lowest Corsi four and the sixth highest Corsi again. So that basically means they're taking the second least amount of shot attempts and they're giving up the what I say, sixth, seventh, uh, Six most shot attempts. That is not a recipe for success. Normally, that means you're going to lose a lot of games. And maybe they get Sorokin back. I, again, like we're, we're kind of up in the air on what his status is. I'm going to bet on anything here. I think if anything, you just take Carolina in regulation because they are the far superior team. But on a back-to-back, -back, doesn't feel great. Um, the number one team over the past 10, um, is, this, is this past 10? Yeah, last 10, uh, with Corsi against, um, is actually Carolina, um, which is not overly surprising. They're pretty good on that on the year in general. So I really do think this could be a spot where you maybe take, you know, a super under, like as in take the under like four and a half and try to get some juice on it. Like that might be something worth looking into. Maybe even taking a goalie shot out might be the spot. We don't normally do that on purpose. It's pretty stupid. Uh, but if you can figure out the starting goalie for Carolina, which they will be on a back-to-back, so actually, let me just look who's starting tonight really quick while we're while we're talking. But um, you know, I don't think it's egregious really either way because any NH goalie worth anything with very few amount of shots against them could hit. Uh, this sets up for the Islanders to not contribute a lot of offense at all. This game sets up for one I'm not interested in really looking at props too heavily. Um, but since Toronto is starting on Thursday, it's probably going to be the starting goaltender of one of the better goalies in the league um, in Freddie Anderson. So. Yeah, I think you can bet his shutout, and that would be the funnest bet here. Uh, as far as props are concerned, we, we are seeing new lines on Thursday for Carolina. They're going to be going with Sveshnikov up with Ajo and Jarvis. Yeah, I think it's Jarvis. I'll double-check. I have that tweet out. And then, but really, it doesn't matter. The, 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 the tertiary piece doesn't matter. It's Ajo and Sveshnikov, and then it's Trocek and, and Turbo. So you're going to figure it out there. I think it slightly boosts the shot volume coming in Turbo. Turbo Teravainen, if you want the full name. Um he really hasn't been shooting much at all lately. He's only hit his over one in the last, or maybe two in the last 10. 
So not a lot to love there, but I think this gives him a boost. You're getting that plus money over two and a half, which we were clamoring for. We were hoping and praying for after the injury. And he hit it like every night. So we might get him back on track. I'm hoping so at least. Um, I think this sets up as an okay spot, but not anything too crazy um, in general for any Carolina player because they do spread the shots, but the Islanders are bad. So overall in this game, I don't really think the money lines are really all that interesting to me. And if Sorokin's in that, it makes it even worse. So I'm probably just going to fade the money lines. I like the under a decent bit, but I think if you're trying to have fun, you just take the Carolina shutout. And that might be the best, just funnest bet here. Um, not any player that absolutely jumps off the page. Let me just pull that back up again. Uh, you can't see it anyways. But as far as shot volume, the only player that pops in the top like 20 is Sveshnikov, which makes sense. He's with Aho now, so it feels okay. He's plus money over three and a half, averaging about six shot attempts. So you think if Barrios is on your side, he can hit in this matchup. Yeah, I think that's fine as well. Um, but there really isn't one Islanders prop that I'm even kind of considering. Um, so we'll move over and yeah, to the Buffalo Sabres at Florida game. We got a seven over under. I think a lot of people are gonna like the over here. I think I'd rather just take Florida over four and a half with anything. Um, Sabres are starting Craig Ann on a back-to-back in Carolina on Thursday, meaning we're gonna get Dustin Dakarski. He's real bad here. So I think taking a little bit more upside on Florida, blowing the you know the break off of Buffalo makes more sense and is a better bet in perpetuity than trying to galaxy brain yourself into thinking like, well, there should be seven or eight goals just because Buffalo is going to score too. Um, I really don't think I'd have back-to-back. I feel good about that. Buffalo really is pretty one-dimensional as far as their lines are concerned. Yeah, sure. Akposo might find a goal here or there. Yeah, sure. Dylan Cousins scored the other night, but I don't think that that's going to happen often for these guys. Uh, most of their bottom play- players are getting kind of caved in defensively and Florida is the deepest forward group in the NHL. Um, so I really don't think you have to think hard on this one. Um, you're just simply not betting Florida at this price. Minus 370, kind of useless. They don't have a ton to play for, but a win here against Buffalo would put them even further up to win the conference, which is valuable in the playoffs to get you to the Stanley Cup. So I don't think they're going to roll over and die, and they and they have it all year. Um, the, the other thing is if you don't bet on this game, like I'm not going to, if Buffalo somehow takes a two-goal lead or one, even one-goal lead, just grab Florida. They just come back and win every game. I know it's really not based in too much fact, but Florida's goaltending is just subpar. Um, so that would be a, a fun way of doing it. But there's one bet here I actually really, really like. Uh, this is something I talked about in the Morning Skate podcast going into the last matchup for Florida. And we weren't really sure. Then that was Will McKenzie Weger being the top power play. And I got to say, they probably should run it back because McKenzie Weger was on the top power play for the entire game against Toronto. They had three power play goals. Yeah, I, I think you might want to keep him up there, just spitballing. Um, he played 25 minutes, all the power play won. Um, he's actually leading this team over the past 10 in shot attempts, which is rare for a defenseman. He wasn't even hitting that mark all that often. Like, it's not like he's, his game log is egregiously like over on these shot props, meaning that he might be taking shots to set up players, to try to get tips, to try to get... Um, you know, bounces to go the right way that count as shots. I just think he's kind of a savvy, smart player. Um, he had a couple points last time out. I think he does it again. So he was plus money to get a point. You might not get that again, but at minus like 110, top power play, 25 minutes against Buffalo. Yeah, I think that's going to work out for me. So that's probably one of my favorite point props of the entire night because it's going to be very unvalued. And if you look at Florida's defense at this point, they're rolling out Sherratt, Forsling, Gudis, Montour, and Haig. 
I mean, there's really no one there that I think is all that good. It's okay offensively, but the rest of these guys are pretty defensive minded. So he really is going to be the guy they want to be rolling out there with the top forwards to create offense. Um, if we kind of look at how they, uh, that's not really going to be a good model, um, but you could try to see how they distributed the minutes um, against. If you go to like hockey biz, so you can see like, who did they play against? The most minutes Uyghur saw was against the Matthews line. That makes sense because he's their best defenseman, but that also correlates with the most minutes with Barkov. So it, it, I do think there's something to that, that they're trying to get in with those forwards. The other guys that seemingly he saw a lot of time with, other than the Barkoff line, eh, looks like it was probably Bennett, Giroux, and Huberto. So yeah, it kind of seemed like that's the case. And it's not an accident. Obviously, they want to put their best on best anyways. So I don't know. This whole point I'm making is I think Uyghur's a really good prop tomorrow, comparatively to the rest of these guys, which are all going to be over one and a half and minus you know, 200 for like a Reinhardt point. So instead of playing around with that, I think you just go with Uyghur and try to get a little bit more coin per bet, um, if that makes sense. Next, we have Boston at Tampa Bay. This is the one I've gone back and forth on the most. I might just end up fully fading this game as far as the lines. We're not getting Pasternak. We're not getting Lindholm. That is known at this point. Boston didn't look great without them. I mean, they played Detroit and they lost. You don't do that very often. So I think a lot of people are going to kind of look at Tampa and look at their recent trends and say, well, well, I mean, Boston plus money against Tampa is doing bad, but this really isn't the same Boston team that we've seen without Lindholm and without Pasternak. I think that this really boosts a guy like Patrice Bergeron to shoot more. I, I hammered him over three and a half last time against Detroit. I'm going back to it again. I think Tampa's a, obviously a much better defensive team than Detroit, but I still think he could hit it. The game that finishing with seven or six shots on goal against Detroit, Bergeron did. I'm going to go right back to it here again. Um, Tampa's goaltending has been bad, so I think you could talk yourself into the brush point again. He's been out there a ton. Um, if we pull up that game um, against Detroit really quickly, it was DeBrusque on the top power play. So it was Bergeron, DeBrusque, Hall, Marchand, and McAvoy. So I do feel, you know, really good about that DeBrusque point, which did not hit. Uh, it's tough. I mean, that's going to happen from time to time. I'm okay with going back to it here. Now, Tampa, as I just alluded to, has not been playing fantastic. They lost to Washington on Wednesday. The expected goals show us that they should have lost. And they, you know, they really did not play well defensively at all. Vetchkin had a ton of shot opportunities. He had three get blocked, three missed the net. I know he was kind of sweating people that fed him three and a half right till the end where he got the fourth, but he had a ton of opportunities. Um, Mantha, Kuznetsov, I mean, all of these guys hit their shot props, which not by much. Um, but point I'm making here is I think Tampa could be a little bit more porous defensively than we give him credit for. This was the first time we saw Kucherov go nuclear in a game. Um, he scored, he had three shots on goal other than that, and he had four missed the net. Uh, but four get blocked, one missed the net. I, you know, Kucherov kind of maybe gets a bit of a boost without Stamkos on his line. I wish we would have done that beforehand because I would have definitely bet Kucherov shot prop. But they did go back to it when they were losing. And they made a comeback in that game. So I don't know if we're going to get Tampa one back with point Kucherov and Stamkos. But if we don't, I think Kucherov's really in play for a shot prop as well. Um, but like I said, at minus 155 Tampa. I don't think you play that bet with how bad the goal standing's been. Plus 135 Boston. Again, I just don't feel very good about this team without these missing pieces right now on the road in Tampa. So I'm going to fade it myself. Um, and move all over tops. 
All right, next game is one that I am going to take a money line on. I'm still pretty bullish on this Colorado team in general. I know they're missing pieces. Winnipeg is broken beyond repair, though. This team has got a ton of high-danger scoring chances. They're giving up just an unbelievable amount of shots against Chris, really everyone, including, you know, Detroit. As I just talked about, Detroit was on a back-to-back in Winnipeg. It just, I mean, they beat them. I mean, they beat him in expected goals with uh, 3.9 expected goals. A back-to-back Detroit team that was expected to have four goals actually underscored on that. Not pretty. Um, this Winnipeg team is okay offensively, so I get hesitation on taking the, the Colorado puck line, but plus 140 feels pretty good for a team that is just substantially better and trying to cement President's Trophy status, home ice advantage throughout the entire playoffs. They just took the boots to Pittsburgh, a far better team. I know they gave up the goals, and that's the concern here, but I don't know. I think this team is just a far superior, uh, you know, just build in general. And with Hiram coming back into the mix, I really think they have three strong pairings in general. I think I'm definitely going to be playing McKinnon, Ratnan, and Burakovsky in DFS. It's a little expensive, but Burakovsky gets you there and makes the lineup quite a bit more, you know, affordable. Um, he's not on the top power play, but he's correlated with McKinnon and Ratnan, so I'm absolutely hammering his point prop. The guy that got the bump up to the top power play and will be on, I would say, a somewhat unique stack potentially is our Terry Lekkinen, who played with Comfort, McKinnon, McCarr, and Rantanen on the top power play. So Lekkinen and Comfort just feel like pretty good bets. I think they both scored last slate, so it might not be incredibly, you know, no one's going to have it. But I really think it's a nice little two-man stack with McCarr that is going to go under own, obviously, compared to McKinnon. So I do like NDFS quite a bit, especially if you're trying to get in a top stack like a Tampa one, a lot of Carolina or, you know, what everyone's going to do Florida. So if you're hammering five Florida and you want to get that three man, it might work. It might really set you apart. So I'm going to be doing that mentality. Again, our Terry Luckin in comfort puts them in contention to be goal props uh, comfort, more of your net front guy. So you're kind of praying he gets a deflection. And I think if you want to take comfort to get a point, if it's there, it probably would make sense to take McCarr with it because McCarr is probably going to shoot the puck. <laughs> or, I mean, it doesn't have to be, but I, I kind of like those strategies in general. Um, you know, I think this game has uh, you know, four and a half over upside for Colorado. So that's how I feel. I don't think Winnipeg is much left in the tank. So yeah, I'm going to go with the Colorado puck line. And I gave you a lot of props in there that I'm interested in. On the Winnipeg side, I'm not bullish on this team. I really don't think there's anything that I'm absolutely hammering, but I'm going to look at Ehlers, look what his point prop is, and look what his shot prop is. He's just a supremely talented offensive player that shoots quite a bit. I, I don't know. I think you could do worse than including him in a mix. No one's really going to play him in the DFS, so I'm okay with it. He did get some run on the top power play, but not enough for me to feel like he's definitely going to be there. And this is a top power play that gave up a goal against Detroit and had zero in multiple opportunities. So maybe they should make a change. We'll see. They never do it. I don't know why, but we'll move to the final game of the night. The game that is definitely going to be the most enjoyable watch. You know, it's not an Island, but you know, it's nice that there's two eight o'clock games and it will be to bed early or out and about on Friday night early. Our final game is Minnesota at St. Louis easily. The, the the fun team in general as far as who who's gonna win like i don't know both these teams are playing pretty well st louis is getting healthy minnesota just really got beaten up by nashville as far as well they allowed a ton of goals <laughs> and they and they gave up way more shots than i expected against nashville like i i thought i mean i liked minnesota in that game i didn't get there and i don't regret obviously it now but minnesota 4.6 expected goals to 2.6 expected goals and they lose six to, to two 
really, really tough. I love the under in that one, but I love the under in this one, maybe even more. Um, I really think the, 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 what St. Louis has done to get their overs is rely on scoring above expected. And what Minnesota does is keep teams from having much luck at all in expected goals. So they're going to like the goaltending in Minnesota is going to have to do very, very porous here to allow this over to hit. And they really don't, I mean, at least in my opinion, and, and this isn't really rooted in a ton, a ton of math, but I really don't see this team as a four lines of let's all produce offense team. They're more of a Eric Sinek, Greenway, Felino getting uh, a lot of five on five run against your top line type of team. Meaning that St. Louis, while they do have two lines, I'm somewhat nervous about they'll probably put that line as much as possible on the road. So they won't get as many matches as they want, but the Eric Sinek line on the Thomas line as much as possible. The Riley line. Yeah. Like I get that prawn and, and whatever, but they're going to go against the Hartman Zucrola Caprice offline. It really just, this game just screams to me, two teams that are going to put best on best. They both have shut down lines going against the top lines. And then there's really not that much to get excited about down the road uh, with these teams. Uh, Minnesota doesn't really give, the, the fourth line much run at all. So you're really going to be hoping here on something that is not a great bet, in my opinion, for an over. So this one's going to be a, an under for me. Um, I'm not I'm not really that concerned about either side finding the offense. It really comes down to the goalies. I'm expecting Cuso and expecting Talbot. I think those goalies are just fine. So with all of that being said, there's two lines I like in general here. And that is Colorado puck line plus 140 and the under six minus 105 Minnesota St. Louis. Those are the two that I think I'm going to be having for sure in the mix. I think you could parlay them together, but I don't really like going with like three, four, five things, especially a five game slate for that. Um, the point props that I like the most are, as I said, Uyghur, my favorite, probably the entire night depends on the price, but I imagine it'll be very good. Um, Burakovsky point prop. Um, I really like that one a lot. I think for goals, if you want a couple of them, Terry Lekkinen is going to make the mix. Uh, just a guy that has a good shot. We saw it in Montreal that he can shoot and we'll be on a power play with McKinnon and, and Rantanen, who teams are going to have to try to take away. So I'm going to take Lekkinen as kind of a longer odds guy. Um, there's really no one else that I think is Eh, that interesting to mention. Uh, I, the obvious guys are the obvious guys. As far as Florida is concerned, you can kind of pick anyone and, and roll with it. Um, shot props, I'm definitely going to have Bergeron in the mix. I'm going to take another look at Ehlers. I think that he is, I mean, he is the, over the last 10 is the highest individual shots per game. 7.7, he's averaging um, at least thrown at the net in the last 10. I just, I know Connor's back, so it's going to give me some hesitation, but I'm not that nervous about it. Uh, and then maybe, oh man, how do I not pick a Florida guy, right? I'll probably go back to Giroux. I, I think I'll end up going back to Giroux for Florida as well. So I think I'll give you a lot to, to you know, go over. Follow me on Twitter. I'll post all of this um, tomorrow. I'm going to place a couple of those money bets now, the money lines, um, and then I'll have the props tomorrow because we don't have them right now. Other than that, thank you for listening. Thanks for being here all season. We're in the home stretch of the regular season. This is really where, you know, and I, I know if you follow me, you probably see this, like the models have learned a lot now. They're not basing this off of a very short time frame. So I think I'm getting the best information I've had. And as far as games are concerned, we kind of know what teams are really going for and really aren't at this point. So this is kind of my favorite time to be betting. 
I've had success recently. I'm hoping to continue it. You know, there's been a couple of nights in there that weren't profits or at least not, you know, they weren't major losses, but they weren't, you know, much of anything. There were multiple nights where we won a ton of coins. So let's keep that going, keep that mentality, move on, hopefully from a great Thursday. We don't know yet because it's an hour before the puck drop and we get into a great, great weekend of fun um, and, and a lot of money. <laughs> so I will talk to everyone soon. Um, for the next week, I'll be having three shows and I won't be here where I am now. Um, so the background is going to look different. I'll try to bring a couple things and maybe spice it up a little bit, but I'm not going to be in the same location for next week's shows. Thanks for listening. And I will see you in the underdog fantasy Zamboni drafts, $5, 4k to first draft your team and watch my video. If you have any questions, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank <laughs> you.